Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. From the Minnesota State Fair, I have Stephen Mickelson with the Eco Experience. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Karen. Glad to be on with you. Well, you are in the, at the Minnesota State Fair now. First day, just opened at the Eco Experience. For anyone who doesn't know, what is the Eco Experience? I know it's an entire building, but tell us a little bit about it in a nutshell. Okay, in a nutshell, it is the um, Minnesota Pollution Control Agency's uh, building at the Progress Center, and we, along with a whole host of partners, put on a, a exhibit throughout the whole building that teaches folks all about air, land, water, and climate. And our goal is to provide information and education so people can go home and make informed decisions on how they, how they live and affect our environment. One of the things that the Eco Experience is is interactive, because my kids, that's one of their favorite places to go because there's always something, including they have this giant ice cube. I mean, it's taller than me, I think, and they see how fast it melts during the fair. Is that a factor, and why do you do that? Yeah, that was uh, the last couple years we had that uh, big ice block. That was related to our climate, our changing climate, and teaching folks about the changing ice seasons of lakes and how that can affect the health of a lake and all the aquatic life. We, we don't have that this year, Aww. but we have a giant loon and a giant moose that are talking about our water quality and reducing, reusing, and recycling. So the, the giant loon is the new thing then, and of course that is the Minnesota State bird. What is that mm-hmm. all about? What is it telling us? How big is it? And what can we learn from it? The loon is 10 feet tall and 20 feet long, and we have it sitting in a, kind of a makeshift pond. Okay. And it is to help teach folks how we can uh, keep our waters clean and maintain a healthy loon population. And it's also related to using lead-free fishing tackle. We have a get-the-lead-out program. And the loon is on on loan from the city of Virginia. They have this loon in their lake next to town all summer, and they let us borrow it for the state fair. So it's a really good selfie opportunity and a, <laughs> uh, really getting people into the building. And now there's a giant moose, and I know moose are normally big, but is this bigger than your normal moose? And uh, tell us about that. Mm-hmm. It is a little bigger okay. than a normal moose. This one stands about 16 feet high, Oof. and it's made entirely of recycled cardboard so we we uh named it corrugated for <laughs> corrugated cardboard <laughs> good one <laughs> that's teaching folks about how to reduce the amount of waste that we're sending to landfills recycle all you can um and we've learned that during the year of the pandemic in 2020 in america we recycled enough cardboard that we could build 1.5 million of these moose oh that's a lot of cardboard that got recycled, so that's a good thing. Who who made this moose, and who, I mean, who manufactures moose? <laughs> uh, well, this was, um, oh, I forget the name of the company. I should know that. 
the company that works with cardboard sculptures, mm-hmm. very creative, artistic folks. And I guess they build, you know, large sculptures for any number of occasions. We were lucky enough to find them and commission them to get them to build this giant moose. And it's quite impressive. I mean, it looks just like a moose. You know, it's interesting that, that you're doing that recycling, making these this structure out of cardboard, because I know with the 4-H kids, my kids are in the 4-H, and one of the competitions they had was to make a sculpture from recycled plastic bottles. So I know in the 4-H building, I don't know if they have it in your building, but there will be different sculptures made from milk cartons and all sorts of plastic bottles that would have other been thrown away. Are you part of that, or is that just a separate 4-H thing? That's a separate 4-H thing, but that sounds very cool. I'll have to check that yeah, out. Yeah, you, you should check it out because I know our, some kids in our club made some really cute cute things from plastic bottles, trying to show that they can be used for something and to encourage recycling, of course. What yeah. other things do you have there that might be interesting and interactive that adults or kids of any age might enjoy? We have, um, we call it our green garage, and that is where we're promoting. It's in our air quality and climate section. And it is full of all sorts of yard and uh, garden and garage equipment. Uh, there's leaf blowers, weed whackers, lawn mowers, snow blowers that all are battery powered. Oh. And we have four electric vehicles that are on display, and you can speak to electric vehicle owners and learn more about them. And we also have a large collection of electric bikes that are on display outside our garage and we also have a lot of wind and solar and uh, native native plant gardens and pollinator gardens out front of the building so it's tons of stuff for people to see and and learn about how they could maybe plant their own garden at their own house. Yeah, I see you've teamed up with the Blue Thumb Partners Metro Blooms, and I know they're part of the Lawns to Legumes program, and they currently have open that people can apply for those grants, and I'm a grant recipient from one of the first programs back in 2019, so it sounds like you're working with them to talk about that as well. Yeah, Blue Thumb is right out in the front of our building, and they have just a gorgeous garden out there that they have built and maintained over several years and um, there's a lot of bumblebees out there enjoying uh, all the Mm -hmm. pollinating opportunities. Now the eco experience it says is powered by XL Energy. Let's talk about that because it says we're going 100% carbon free by 2050. So what are you Mm -hmm. trying to show and and do here at the fair? Yeah, XL Energy is one of the sponsors of eco experience. They have a large display, and they are uh, they have a tiny house that's inside the building. They also have a garage outside the building with electric vehicles and charging stations, and they are promoting wind and solar and electric power. Also kind of related to all the messages we have in our building, too. What is the state of recycling at the Minnesota State Fair? Is there a lot encouraged? Do you work with fair people? Because there's so many things that get tossed wrappers, cups, whatever. Is there some right. sort of program in place to try and prevent so much waste? Yeah, over the years, the, they've really made great strides in in having a lot more uh, dumpsters available for recycling for all the vendors, and then also not just trash cans all over. They've got a lot of recycling bins that are very clearly marked, so hopefully people are paying attention to those and putting their trash where it belongs, putting their recycling where it belongs. And um, one one big thing that we've, um, they used to 
all the State Fair cups used to be styrofoam, and they have now switched over to recycled plastic cups. So that was that was a good win over the last uh, five or ten years. So do people actually adhere to that? I mean, a lot of people seem like they're careless and maybe don't do it. Does it work well, or do people mix stuff so you can't do it? There's still, you know, an amount that, that aren't following, <laughs> yeah. you know, putting them in the right things. But, you know, like I said, each year it gets a little better. And um, I think compared to 10 years ago, it's it's exponentially better than it was. Do you pair it all with the University of Minnesota and some of the energy things they have going on up there? Yeah, we have had um, some energy-related displays over the years. This year, University of Minnesota has what they call tree care advisors, and they have a booth, and they're talking to people about what kind of trees they could plant, how to best take care of the trees you have in your yard, and what trees are best to plant in Minnesota, depending on where you live in the state. What other things do you think people might find really interesting in your building? What would draw them there besides the big moose and the loon? Well, I would say right away out front, the pollinator garden is Mm -hmm. a big attraction, too. But when you get inside, we have a sustainability stage where uh, four times every day there are presentations on any number of environment-related topics. And then in between those, we have local chefs come in, and they give cooking demonstrations. And they're all um, chefs that locally, they either grow their own herbs and vegetables or uh, the food they use at their restaurants is all locally grown. So we're promoting healthy local foods. And don't you have something with composting as well that maybe do they take their food waste and put them in those compost or examples for people how to do their own compost? Yes, we do. That's in our reduce, reuse, recycle. We've got examples of composting bins and a lot of information on folks. If if they want to get started and have a composting program at their own home, you can find out how to do it and where to get the right equipment. Can you tell us some of the topics that will be discussed on the stage there at the fair, the eco-experience? What what sort of things can we learn? Well, there are people who talk about uh, planting pollinator gardens. Mm -hmm. There are the tree care folks are going to have some talks about what kind of trees to plant. But then there's uh, someone on how to design your own tiny house. That is, uh, there's a lot of solar and wind energy presentations Um, And there's a lot of recycling presentations, too. Are those scheduled then so you can know when to come and that sort of thing? Yeah, the State Fair website uh, has a daily schedule, and all of our scheduled presentations and cooking demonstrations are are on the State Fair website if you search for eco-experience. And you have something called Nature Adventure Play, and that sounds like that is something targeted at kids. So let's talk a little bit about that. And so if folks want to bring their kids, what what can they uh, do there? Yeah, that's also in the front of our building, right by the pollinator gardens. And it's called Nature Adventure Play, and it is promoting kids to get off their devices and away from their computer screens and get outside and enjoy nature. And so there's a big sandbox. there's kind of a makeshift river bottom with a hose so people can, the kids can kind of create their own little ecosystem and make a river and kind of learn how the ecosystem operates. But they're also playing and spending quality time using, you know, using their creative minds to do things on their own that, that aren't 
electronic or computer-related. Are there any freebies at your building? You know, people always seem to come to the fair and love mm-hmm. to take freebies home, and I assume maybe there's something you guys are doing too? There is. We have uh, what's called Eco Bingo. Oh. You can pick up a bingo card, and you go to the various stations throughout the building, answer some questions, and when you fill your bingo card, you get to take home, uh, it's called a, a buff or a neck gator, and those are those have been very popular. We have... We've had to increase our order each year to make sure we have enough buffs and neck gaiters to give out to people because the Eco Bingo is very popular. People come in, and if they're in a group, they'll make it a competition, and who can get bingo first? And But then when they're done, they realize, hey, I, I also learned a lot when I played bingo. So the neck gaiter, what's it, has it got a loon on it, or I'm just curious what they look like? So I might come and get one. Uh, it is a shade of purple, and it's got bunch of pine trees on it with the eco experience logo okay and it's the kind you can make it a headband or a or a neck gaiter or a face covering and do what you want and the eco experience how can people find it what's an easy maybe directions for people who've never been to the fair or want to find it easily sure it's in the northwoods area of the fairgrounds if you find the huge ferris wheel there's a wind turbine blade that's planted in the ground sticking straight up, and that's right in front of the Eco Experience building. So we're the the northeast corner of the fair. You're right by the 4-H building too, correct? Very close to that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was going to think so. And now something interesting I see that you're doing this year, it's called a purple air sensor that's going to be mounted on the roof of your building and connected to a computer monitor below that will display live air quality data. Is that new or has that been done before? That is new this year. We actually have the, the sensor mounted in the building, we logistically couldn't get it up on the roof, oh. but it still it still works just fine. Yeah, that's connected to our air quality index, and we have MPCA meteor- meteorologists here to uh, teach people about the air quality index, what it means to them, and people can get real-time information on how the air quality is here at the State Fair and throughout the state. How would you say it is? Do you have any ideas yet? I know it's just early, but any indications of, is the air good? Is it bad? What What are we seeing? We've actually, this whole summer, have had a very good summer season of air quality. Uh, the past few years, there's been a lot of wildfires that mm-hmm. have affected our air quality and made it uh, pretty rough and almost dangerous at times. But we've had very few air quality alerts this summer, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. So um, 2022 has been a good year for air. So that you haven't really had seen any bad, so you're expecting probably good throughout the fair, I assume? is. Yeah, we are. How about other energy-saving things on the fair? Do they do like LED lights, or do you know of other things that have been implemented to keep this a more eco-friendly fair? Yeah, we've gone, we've gone LED heavy throughout Eco Experience. We've got a partner called Minnesota Renewable Energy Society. They've got a booth that is showing folks the benefits of switching to more efficient lighting, more efficient heating and air conditioning, things like that. There's also one display, another interactive one, that you can turn a crank and it it shows how much energy you have to expend to light up a traditional light bulb versus an LED light bulb. And it's amazing to see how how little effort it takes to, to light up a LED light versus a normal incandescent. Do you have consumer displays, for example, if people are looking at buying, whether it's heating unit or something like that, that they can 
make wise purchases that are more eco-friendly? Yes, there is information. We're we're not uh, we pride ourselves on not being trying to sell anything to anyone or lecture folks, but we have all the information you know that you could possibly want. So there are people here who are experts in you know energy efficiency, whether it's in your business or at your home. So folks can come in and see the products and then learn more about them and see if it's the right thing for them. How long has the Eco Experience been at the fair, and how has it changed through the years? We have been in this building since 2006 was the first year for Eco Experience. So we're, um, we've learned a lot over the years. And the main things that we learned, and I think, you know, you touched on it, the more interactive and visual we can get, the more people are really get engaged. Because they can, you know, handing out a flyer is one thing. Will they read it? We don't know. But if they can actually see what we're talking about and touch things and make things work on their own, they really kind of take in that knowledge a lot better and stay engaged. And we're, we found that people spend a lot of time in the building uh, learning and exploring and, and engaging with our interactive displays. I was looking in your, your news release. It says the Eco Experience has become the second most visited exhibit at the fair and it's the largest environmental event of its kind nationally in the last two decades. And apparently in 2013, mm-hmm. you won the People's Choice Award voted by the fairgoers. Yeah, more than three and a half million visitors have attended your exhibit. So that's pretty exciting. Do you recall, I don't know how long have you been with the, the Eco Experience, Steve? Uh, I've been doing this, uh, coordinating the media for seven years, but I've I've been, you know, with the agency for 25 years, so I've been involved throughout. How have you seen the exhibits change through the years? I mean, have have you noticed any significant things like that have become more of a trend or more focused on from past years? Yeah, I think, you know, the agency has always had our air, land, water, and climate focus, but what's really changed is is the whole shift to, to climate and our changing climate, and We've got displays, you know, MnDOT is in here showing how communities can be more climate resilient, how they can have transportation options to save energy and help air quality and and reduce greenhouse gases. So that's really been a a big shift is focusing on the environment and how, how people can reduce their carbon footprint. I'm disappointed that you no longer have the big ice block. Why did they decide not to bring the ice block? That was my kid's favorite thing <laughs> at the fair. Seriously. Yeah, we had that kind of on like a three-year contract. Ah, and I see. So last year was our last year, so we, we needed to move on to something something new and different to get people in. So you brought the loon and the moose. Exactly. All right. Anything else you'd like to let people know about the eco experience at the fair and what they can learn and, and see? Well... We're open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day of the fair. Please come on in, spend 10 minutes or spend spend an hour, and we guarantee you're going to see some see some very cool things, a lot of good selfie opportunities with the loon and the moose, <laughs> and maybe we'll get people to plant more pollinator gardens and shift over to solar power. Very good. Well, I appreciate you chatting with me. How has the opening day been so far? Wow. That's my, that's my first reaction. The crowds are huge. They're back? Early and often here at the fair. So they're, they're back. Okay, yeah. people are back. 
Yeah. Everything's going smoothing. Lots of visitors. Well, I guess that's a good thing. So thank you. We've been chatting with Steve Mickelson with the Eco Experience at the Minnesota State Fair. We appreciate your time. Where do you go on the web to find more information about what you're doing there? Uh, you can either go to the State Fair website or the MPCA website and search Eco Experience on either website and you'll find you'll find what you need. Very good. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Karen. All right. Bye-bye. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.